Welcome to Living by Faith. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell. Living by Faith is your bright start to your weekend. My hope each and every time is that you are encouraged to take God at his word and apply your life and faith every day. Apply the word to your life every single day. That's my hope. That's what I'm trying to do in my own life. That's my hope for you is that you're reading God's word and um, and learning about him and understanding him. And I really do believe that as we read God's word, that we grow in our knowledge of God, but not our, only our knowledge of God, but our love of God. And also, I think it will help you fight what we're going to be talking about today. So today is really interesting. I don't know where this quote came from. I've searched high and low, but have you heard it said that the devil's greatest trick is convincing the world that he doesn't exist? Have you heard that before? The devil's greatest trick is convincing the world that he doesn't exist. I don't know who first shared that quote, but reflecting on it, pastor and editor of Table Talk magazine, Burke Parson, he wrote this. Satan is the supreme deceiver, striving to rid our minds of his existence and to make us believe that all the Bible's teaching about him is the stuff of myth, legend, and ancient folklore. Um, it's antiquated stories that have no place in our enlightened and comfortable, brave new world. So that's Burke Parson, and he he wrote that. And I believe Dr. Parsons is right. Um, he there is there is a kind of uh, that's just kind of a myth. Satan doesn't really exist, or maybe it's a legend in ancient folklore, even though it's in God's word. And um, he continued and he wrote, the devil is the father of lies. We see that in John 8, 44, and the deceiver of nations. We see that in Revelation 20. He disguises himself as the angel of light, 2 Corinthians. So all of these things that he is referring to, they're all in the scriptures. And um, he continues, he will do whatever is in his power to get us to forget him altogether and to live as if he doesn't exist. So as Christians, as believers, we know Satan, he does exist. But many of us still fall into that subtle trap of ignoring him or hoping he'll leave us alone. So if this is true, and I believe it is, where can we go for help? If it's true that Satan exists, we we pretend like he doesn't. Where can we go for help? I am so glad to have a guest on the show today who has thought well about this topic and has some great encouragement for us today. Judy Dunnigan is the author of The Loudest Roar, Living in the Unshakable Victory of Christ. A wonder seeker of God and his word, Judy is passionate about discipleship and making God's word and prayer come alive in everyday life. She is an acquisitions editor of Women's Bible Studies and Books at Moody Publishers. Judy and her husband, Rick, live in Colorado and are the joyful grandparents of five grandchildren. Judy, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, Charlie, it's so good to be here. Good morning to you. Thanks for having me. 
Yes, absolutely. So I want to talk about The Loudest Roar, your book. Um, I want us to start by talking about just the title. Can you share that story with us? How did The Loudest Roar um, develop that title that is? Well, Trillia, uh, there was a season in my life where I was feeling quite defeated, even though I've known about the victory we have in Christ because of his death, resurrection, and ascension. But during this season, I was just living in defeat. And I remember crying out to the Lord and saying, your word tells us that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Why does he have so much power? Why is his roar so loud? And I'll never forget it. It was as if the Lord just spoke over my heart. Yes, Judy, but I am the bigger lion with the loudest roar. I'm the lion of Judah and I'm seated on the throne. And tell you, Satan is a defeated foe because of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we do need to be aware of his tactics and how he comes at us as believers and to know how to stand in the victory Jesus has won for us. So, so I guess my question is, how do you, how do you do this? Is there, because you said that you were struggling Mm -hmm. and I'm assuming, I'll say it this way. I'm assuming that you didn't wake up one day and you're like, okay, I'm standing in his victory, (laughs) that there was a fight there. Um, And Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit more about your journey. How did you get from there to writing a book? Because there's, there's, there's a lot there, I'm sure. Yes. Well, actually, it really goes back to probably when I was in middle school. My father, Mark Bubeck, uh, was a pastor, and he was working and starting to write a book with Moody Publishers called The Adversary. And he noticed that the enemy was coming at me. At that age, I had gone to some slumber parties and dabbled with some things like seance and Ouija board, and that just really gave the enemy a foothold. And I started to have nightmares. And my father began to teach me through just really praying over me when I'd wake up from nightmares. And he prayed God's word over me. He and he taught me to go to Ephesians six, which outlines the armor that God has provided for us as our protection. And so I learned from a very young age. So I knew these truths. But then in this later season in life, I was just walking through defeat in many areas and really on the edge of questioning God's goodness and faithfulness. And I know, as you mentioned, God's word tells us the enemy is the father of lies and he's all about throwing lies at us or shame at us. And I knew I needed to stand in the truth, especially in God's word. And so I began to dwell in God's word more during that battle. And we're told in Ephesians 6 that God's word is the sword of the spirit. It's our offensive weapon to combat lies and different things that doubts that we're having about our God is to run to his word and also to prayer. So you're saying that all of this happened when you were really young. Well, that's when it first started, when I first began to learn about our victory in Christ. And so I grew up knowing these truths and living them out. But I had kind of gotten away from that in the season, which was probably about 20 years ago when the enemy was coming at me fiercely. And I was just not defeated, but just discouraged. Like, why does the enemy have so much power? You know, we're told in First Peter 5 that um, the, our adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion. But thankfully, our God is the Lion of Judah, our Lord Jesus. And he has won the victory that we can learn to stand in and live out every day. Okay, so here's the thing. Some people blame the enemy for everything, so everything bad in their lives. What is your point of view? How do you balance that? How do you fight blaming 
the enemy for everything with also the fact that we're sinners and, and we live in a fallen world. What is, what's your view? Well, balance is the key because I know people who don't believe that the enemy is real. They think he's a fictitious character in horror movies. And then on the other side of the spectrum are those who blame the enemy for everything, whether they're sick or they fall into sin, you know, they blame it all on the devil. And balance is the key. And again, to run to God's word and to know that he's a formidable foe, but he's defeated as well. And often our sin is involved or, you know, we make choices that impact our lives and it's not the enemy. Uh, Often when we do fall into sin, though, the enemy is all about shame. That's his language. He loves to throw shame at us. And so uh, I struggle with anxiety ever since I was a little girl. And that's just kind of how I'm wired. And I've had to surrender that to the Lord. But there's been seasons in my life where I know the enemy knows I'm vulnerable there and he'll attack me in the area of fear to where it's debilitating. And that's when I know you can just kind of tell the difference in terms of when the enemy is afoot. Yeah. So how do you tell the difference? Is it just that you're given into lies? So I can see that with with Mm -hmm. you've fallen into sin. So you've done something and you know it's wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, okay, this is this is bad. I have sinned. So what does the scripture say? If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive and to purify us. The scriptures also say, so that's first John. And then Romans eight, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But here you are, you've confessed your sin. You, you've said, okay, Lord, I, I ask for forgiveness. I'm going to repent and turn and change. And then all of a sudden (laughs) you're feeling guilty and you're like, I'm not good enough to even go to the Lord. I, I I'm doubt I could see how that. So how how has that manifested in your life where you 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 said that you've seen this in anxiety so that someone else who's listening can identify it in their lives. OK, this is actually um, godly sorrow and guilt, uh, godly sorrow. And this is actually no, this is probably lies that Satan's planning. How do you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, to use anxiety as an example, when our family was living in Beijing, China, and our youngest daughter was a toddler, she became very ill, and the clinic wouldn't give us uh, any antibiotics, and I I thought she probably had um, strep throat. And there was one night where she had a high fever. I was just consumed with fear, and we didn't have anything like 911 or urgent care, and she had finally fallen asleep. But it, I call it almost like a dark night of my soul because I feel like yeah. I was on, I felt like I was on the edge of a breakdown, like fully, full out, not even being able to function. And I knew a battle was raging over me. And I knew it just seemed to have a sense of the enemy uh, coming at me, you know, like a roaring lion. He knows when you're most vulnerable. And that's when he comes at you. And he was, I was a doubting God's goodness. I thought I was losing my mind. And I knew I, called my woke my husband to pray over me I called my father in the U.S. to pray over me and then I just ran to the Lord in a surrendered heart and told him that I was going to trust him with Kelly's life that he loved her more than I do and that I was going to trust him even if he wasn't going to heal her and it was a breakthrough for me there had been a battle raging of idolatry really how much I love my children and didn't want anything to happen to them when we lived overseas And that peace that God promises that goes beyond our human understanding in Philippians 4 just washed over me to where I was able to sleep even. And so Mm. that I knew was the enemy coming at me ferociously. And I chose to run to his word, 
I remember opening Psalm 91, a favorite Psalm of mine when the battle's raging and just reading that out loud and God, the Holy Spirit just uh, calmed my anxious heart and I was able to rest. But this mama bear the next morning was at the clinic demanding antibiotics and Kelly did turn a corner. But that's just one example of how you can just tell it, it's over uh, that overwhelm that is not of the Lord at all. Yes, that that is super helpful for people who might be struggling with anxiety and fear and trying to make sense of it. And I just want to encourage you listeners, if this is you, if you're struggling with fear and anxiety, we would love to pray for you, which we will do when we come back. So more soon. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillian Newbell. I am talking with Judy Dunnigan, author of The Loudest Roar. And we are we have been talking about fear and anxiety. And sometimes we struggle with all of these things because, you know, we have sin in our lives or we struggle. There's just various reasons why we might struggle with it. There are other times when we've fought and we've trusted the Lord, but then Satan tells us lies and, and we believe him. And we, we, we often, it's hard to identify that. So that's what we've been talking about. And one of the things that I said before the break is that I just, we'd love to pray for you. Our phone lines are open. And if you are struggling with fear and anxiety and would like prayer, you can give us a call. It's 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. If you don't want to give us a call, you can always email me at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. That's livingbyfaith at moody.edu. And one of the things that you said, Judy, and you've repeated, I don't even know if you realize that you repeated this, but you have been talking a lot about running to God in prayer. And you said, this person, you said you were struggling with a lot of anxiety with your children and your husband prayed for you and your father prayed for you. And then someone else prayed for you and you prayed. And, and is that one way that you have fought, um, with, as you're, as you're wrestling with, uh, anxiety and fear and also fighting the, the lies that maybe the devil has planted in your mind? Definitely. Uh, I mentioned the armor in Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. I encourage your listeners to go to that scripture and just read through all the different pieces of the armor. And at the very end, verse 18 focuses on prayer. So verse 17 says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that is a weapon we can use is God's word standing in those truths. And then right after that, verse 18, praying at all times with all prayer and supplication, To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And Trillia, I really believe prayer is a key and part of the armor. And um, I even love to pray scripture, especially when I'm fearful or struggling and in different battles with my own flesh or just believing lies. I run to God's word and then I pray scripture and the enemy has to flee. He has to leave us alone. 
when we run to God's word and when we pray. And he wants to keep us from prayer. Prayer can be very elusive because we're busy or we're bored with prayer or we don't know how to pray. And so I have a whole chapter in my book, the last chapter, uh, gives creative ways to awaken and revive your heart for prayer. I think um, prayer is one of those neglected disciplines. We all want to pray, but, and we, we, and we pray very kind of um, generic prayers. I have a friend, well, my pastor actually, who talks specifically about this, and he's been on um, my show, Living by Faith, talking about how we need to pray really specific prayers because we, we, we struggle with that. So if someone is, is struggling with um, praying and, and they're, they're struggling with believing that God will hear them, how might they pray when they're, when they're battling these lies? Well, I think praying scripture is a key. Um, Psalm 91 is a mighty prayer, really a prayer written by the psalmist that I often would pray when I'd be fearful for my children or Rick and I pray for our family still. So praying scripture is a key. And then I think written prayers of those who have gone before us. I have prayers in my book that my father wrote, one based on Psalm 91. And then I have short prayers at the end of each chapter. But in the back, I have scripture prayers, one based on the armor. And um, the power of praying scripture is also a resource I have. If listeners subscribe to my website at judydunnigan.com, and there's five different prayers based in scripture. Because sometimes it's very hard for us to pray, isn't it? If we're fearful. It is. Yeah. Or, you know, we're in so much grief um, that it's hard for us to pray. And an encouragement about that is we're told in Romans 8 that when there's times when we feel like we can't pray and we don't have words to pray, we're told that the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And um, in that same passage, we're told Jesus at the right hand of the throne of God is interceding for us. So the triune God is aware of what we're going through and praying for us, which really is remarkable and so comforting. It is remarkable. And I wondered if we could get Mariah on to pray for Mariah. Is she on? Hello. Hi, Mariah. Hello. Hi, can you hear me? Maria. Oh, Maria, Maria, sorry, I cannot. Maria, very good. I was like, ooh, I like Mariah. Mariah, Maria. like Mariah Carey, but nope, Maria. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yes, Maria, yes, yes. Okay, how can I pray for you? I was calling, actually, for my friend Jenny Lopez. I know that she listens to your station, and I hope and pray that she's listening now. Um, she lives with so much, so much anxiety mm. and fear, you know, and that, you know, I keep trying to pray for her. She's a beautiful young woman and she doesn't realize it. And mm. I know that she's trying to God. I know that she, you know, comes to church and we all pray for her constantly, but she continues to have this great fear and anxiety in her that needs to just go away. And can you tell me her name again? Her name is Jenny Lopez. Okay. We let's pray for Jenny. I love it that you um thought to to have us pray for a friend. I think it's so wonderful. When anytime someone tells me, Hey Trillia, I have been praying for you, I am 
I'm, first of all, I'm so humbled that someone would think of me and pray for me. So, so uh, Judy, do you mind to pray for Jenny Lopez? Sure, I'd love to pray. Thank you. Oh, Father God, we are so grateful that you know what Jenny is going through. And we pray for Jenny right now. We thank you that your word tells us to cast all our anxiety onto you because you care for us. God, I pray that you will just cover Jenny with your peace that goes beyond our human understanding. We thank you that you understand what's making her anxious, God. And I pray that she will find peace that comes from you, that you will calm her anxious heart, that you will guide her to verses in your word that comfort her and calm her. And also, we are so grateful that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, and you love her. And we just pray for whatever is causing her anxiety, that she will find uh, peace there and hope there to be free from that. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Yes. Um, amen. Thank you so much for your call. We are so grateful for that. And always, um, yeah, there. I have had seasons where I've struggled with deep fear and anxiety as well. And, and um, I, I, it's always a comfort to me when someone has been praying for me. So in God's word, we're told that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Does that apply to believers as well? And if so, how can we fight that enemy? Yes, I think we're a main target of the enemy uh, as believers in Christ. He wants to defeat us. And the it's just so comforting to remember that our Lord Jesus Christ, when he died and rose again, he conquered sin and death and the evil one. Now, the evil one still has power. And um, we're, we see that in God's word from Genesis to Revelation. He's throughout God's word. But we have to keep our eyes on Jesus and the victory that he's won for us. I love the story in God's word when the enemy came at Jesus, when he walked this earth. You know, Jesus had been fasting for 40 days. He's in the wilderness and the enemy came at him with fierce temptations. And each time Jesus said, it is written. And he quoted truths from God's word. He used that sort of a spirit. It's almost like hand-to-hand combat, like the enemy's um, mm. sword was filled with uh, twisted truth and lies coming at Jesus. And our Lord Jesus used his sword of the spirit, God's word. And that is the way we can fight against the enemy. I can't emphasize that enough, how God's word is so powerful. And all of the armor, if you, in Ephesians 6, I love to study the armor. And I believe the armor is Jesus. He's the one who covers us with his righteousness as believers. And that righteousness is like a breastplate. His truth is like the belt that holds on this armor. Truth of his word. We're also told he's the way, the truth, and the life. Then we're told there's sandals of peace we can walk in. Jesus is the prince of peace. And the, we can wear these shoes of peace as part of our armor. And then there's the helmet of salvation. God's salvation, mm -hmm. the truth of his salvation and rescue of us from sin and death can cover our minds and keep our minds sound and not fearful. And then, of course, there's the shield of faith that we hold up. Our faith in our God is like a shield against the enemy's attacks. But we also see in Psalm 91 that it's called the shield of his faithfulness. And truly, I love to think of him, our God, just enfolding us and protecting us from all sides. And we're more than conquerors, God's word tells us, because of what Jesus Christ has won for us on the cross.
Amen to that. We have another caller, Kayla from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and she would love prayer, and I'd love to pray for you. Would you tell us what you need prayer for? Are you here, Kayla? Yes, I'm here. What would you like us to pray Good for Good morning. You? Yes, so I am loving what you guys are covering this morning um, about the devil coming after us believers um, because he's tried to whisper lies in my ear. And I love the fact that you are covering Ephesians 6. That's exactly where I've been and um, what we do as uh, Christians fighting with the Word of God. I have had my scripture out and, and fighting with the truth. Um, all the things you said this morning are all the things I've been over, and I need prayer because I know, like you said, the enemy has power, but Christ has all the power. He, yes. he is more powerful. Yes. Well, and Kayla, so we— I just need prayer. Yes, let's pray for you right now. Lord, thank you so much for Kayla and for your power and for your grace and that you have already been working in her life to bring her close to you, to teach her your word and your power. She proclaimed it. So she knows it. God, I pray that you would continue to remind her day after day, week after week of the power of your name, your cross, that you are with her, that nothing will ever separate her from your love, God. And I pray that you will ease her anxiety, help her to know your truth, keep her grounded in your word. God, you are a mighty and awesome God. We believe and trust that you will do what you say because you are a promise-keeping God. Lord, we love you, and it's in your name, amen. More when we return. Welcome back to Living by Faith. I'm Trillia Newbell, and we have been talking about lots of things this morning, but one of them is Satan and and how we feel attacked and what we can do about that. And so I want to continue this conversation with Judy Dunnigan and really encourage your faith. I really want you to be encouraged to leave here knowing that you have um, the tools to fight, <laughs> that you do not have to fight alone. And in in many ways, I think it's it's hard to see sometimes because um, because it's it's areas where we are most vulnerable. So, Judy, I'd like to ask you: In what areas do you think the enemy attacks us the most? I think really in lies that we believe about who we are in Christ and also lies about our God. And we're seeing a lot of people leaving their faith, destructing from their faith, deconstructing from their faith. And I think a lot of that is because they're questioning God's goodness and faithfulness and even his protection because life is so hard for so many. And so I do believe like God's word does say he's the father of lies. And often we question who we are, our value. Um, that is one of the main ways. And then another thing he does is an area of shame when we fall into sin to where we 
it feels hopeless. Like, will we ever have victory over this sin? And often people will just stay in that sin because they think there's no hope. You know, the enemy lures you into sinning through tempting, temptation. And then once you sin, he's all about shaming you in that. And it's the complete opposite of what our Lord Jesus does in terms of his forgiveness of our sins and his grace and mercy. So I want to talk about temptation before we talk about shame, because I think that's really important. Uh, Jesus was tempted in every way without sin. Jesus was tempted in the desert. So Jesus is, he understands. Um, so how can you fight temptation? And and what is, because that is, in, it's interesting. I think that, I think it's first Corinthians or maybe second Corinthians. One of the Corinthians, um, you you know, we hear that, Paul writes that we can, um, Jesus provides a way of escape. So we don't have to fall into sin, but there's this, there's, we're tempted, but, but we can fight it. So what are some, some ways that we can fight temptation um, so that we don't even have to go to that, that shame that we're about to talk about? Well, I'm going to give some practical advice on that. And it's um, something that my dad had in this book that I included in my book. And the first one is a walk of honesty where we're just honest with ourselves and with our God, you know, saying that we're being tempted to do that. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be honest, to see and admit our, our temptation. And then there's a walk of death where we can die to that temptation and we run to the Holy Spirit and to our God in that walk of death where we just say, hey, <laughs> just being honest with God. He knows mm. that we're being tempted and he does provide a way of escape. And then we ask the Holy Spirit to help us walk in victory. Mm. Um, you know, we have a resurrection life in Christ. And because of the person of the Holy Spirit, he gives us control. It's his control over our sin. And so there's that walk of honesty just being honest that I'm being tempted and to flee. That is such a key. Um, and I love Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. You mentioned that we, it says we don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one in who every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And so really it's the key of running to him and confessing our sin if we've fallen into it. But if we're being tempted, that's not sinful, being tempted. And just asking him to help us walk in the victory over the sin that Jesus won for us. Yes, I love that. We can walk in the light. We do not need to walk in the darkness. We don't have to pretend. We can just be honest. God already knows. And then that frees us and allows us to walk in, I believe, freedom from Shame, but but let's dive into shame a bit more because you said that is where the enemy attacks us most. So how do we fight that? How do we fight? Because there are whole books that are written on shame. It is something that we experience. And, and sometimes we experience shame not because we sinned, but because someone sinned against us. And and we, I, I don't, we carry it. We we carry that burden and feel shame and 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 dirty or and, and it's a it's a interesting and complex um struggle so how how have you dealt with shame and how do you fight shame 
Well, that self-condemnation we can fall into so easily. And sometimes it's not even over something sinful we've done. It can be because we think we've blown it, like you said, in a in a close relationship. And we walk in shame instead of in who we are in Christ. And again, I run to God's word. I love Ephesians 1, which is just outlines who we are in Christ, how he sees us. I also think just praying to him and asking us to uh, confirm in our hearts who we are and who we are because we are his. Um, and then also, I do think community is important, especially if you're dealing with a besetting sin, you're having a hard time overcoming and walking in freedom is to have accountability, have a trusted friend or mentor that you're just honest with them and they pray with you. They're available. You can text them when you're being tempted. Um, they can just come alongside you, which is so helpful because I think, again, the enemy wants us to stay isolated in shame and condemnation, uh, just like a lion again, you know, keeping getting the weak one isolated and coming at them. And so, again, just running to God's word has really shifted my heart to remember who I am and how he sees me as his child. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about shame and guilt and all of this in relation to our sin, but I do know that there are listeners who've experienced shame and guilt at the hands of other people. You think that you have done something wrong when someone did something wrong to you. And if that is the case, um, I want to just encourage you uh, that you've been washed clean, that it is it is not your fault. And for, for many who are... are deeply, deeply affected by this, you might need to see a counselor. So I agree with Judy that community is essential for us um, to grow in Christ. He never meant for us to be isolated and to try to run this race alone. Um, Yet also there are professionals who might need to um, serve you and, and help you to overcome and to deal with and to um, see, get the help that you need. So I just wanted to encourage you to, to seek a counselor and, and receive, receive professional help. That, um, and there's no shame in that. So many of us see people who can help us through these, these things. Judy, do you have anything else to add? Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that. I would even say in the area of anxiety that we started out with this morning that Sometimes there's a medical reason that you're overwhelmed with anxiety, you know, and that's where going to even a doctor for help, but also counseling, because sometimes God can use some anxiety in our life that we're not even understanding why it's there. And through great counseling, you can kind of shine a light on why you're so anxious. So such a key, you're, you're approaching this with mental health and also physical health and then, of course, spiritual Mm, it is good. And and God cares about all of it. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes, yeah, you know, sometimes I think we forget that God cares about our mental health as well. And that, um, and, and we have a commandment to love God with all our hearts, minds, soul, and strength. I'll never forget going, I was serving in a, um, I don't know the, the name of it. It's, it wasn't a halfway house. It was a, women who were struggling with drug abuse, but they were um, in a recovery center. And I remember telling, sharing the gospel and then telling them that one day they could be there. If, if they profess faith in Jesus Christ, they would be completely healed. Their minds would be healed. 
and every single one of them, their face lit up. Their minds could be healed. That is the power of God and what he can do in our lives. Praise God for who he is more when we return. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillia Newbell. I have had the pleasure of talking with Judy Dunnigan, and we are talking about just fighting temptation and shame and guilt, and and we focused a lot on ourselves, like our own anxiety, our own fears, our own fights, but some of our, and, and, and they're all personal, so like our own, the things that we've done likely with sin or someone sinned against us. But many believers seem to dwell on how awful and dark things are right now. And we just feel like the weight of the world. And and I think a lot of us probably know more than we would normally know because of the internet. <laughs> I'm aware of every, it's so much, so much going on in the world and even in the big C church because I'm exposed to it in the on the internet. So where should our focus be and how do we get there? Trillia, I, I love to go back to just watching Jesus in the gospels when he walked to this groaning earth for us. And just hours before his arrest, he was with his beloved disciples in the upper room. They had just had the last supper. He had washed their dirty, dusty feet. And then in John 16, 33, he said these words over them, which I believe we can cling to today. He said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And that idea of take heart is like, be strong, be courageous, because I've already overcome the world. That doesn't mean we're not going to have all the turmoil we're going through and we're seeing around the world. But he is seated on the throne. He is still sovereign and in control. And we know the end of the story is to be in glory with him. But before then, we're to be a light in this dark world and not to be fearful because we know our God reigns. And I love that. And I love that we're also told that we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. Oh, I have a quote in my book from Watchman Nee that says, we don't fight for victory, we fight from victory. And so just to always keep in mind that he hems us in from all sides and he is the one who can give us peace. And he is telling us today to take heart, to be strong and courageous because he is with us. He's our Emmanuel, our God with us. Amen to that. So, I guess I'm I'm wondering because I think it's easy to it's easy to say all of these things. So it's easy for us to say, yes, do not fear. I, I wrote a book on that. I believe that's true. And it's easy for me to say, yes, I'm gonna fix my eyes on Jesus. <laughs> Practically speaking, in the midst of being squeezed, how how what are some of the tools that you do or the exercises that you do to remember, to to keep on focusing. And, and so say you're watching the news and you see, okay, there's another shooting or another bomb or another family who, who died, or there's just so much. How do you, how do you fight at that moment? Well, for me, I 
love to talk about how I turn my worries into prayers and being a worrier. I remember when we moved back from living overseas, it seemed like the news was full of tons of stories of children being snatched. And mm. I was just overwhelmed with fear of that. And so I started to turn that worry into prayer and I pray protection over my girls while they're in school, um, while they're at a friend's house. And so prayer really calmed my anxious heart and what's going on in our world. I prayed, I know I remember when, actually I had 10 friends who were in Israel when the bombings started in early October and I was overwhelmed with fear for them and I know they were fearful. And so I would just pray for them and intercede for them. And that would calm my anxious heart because sometimes that's all we can do. Other times there's ways to get involved when there's been a hurricane and you're worried about loved ones there. There's things you can do to help them practically. Um, but I do think, again, just to run to him with our fears and to pray and to intercede for what we see going on around our world. So what I hear you're saying is prayer is an action. And often oh, yeah. I think we think prayer is this passive kind of we're not doing anything, but we're, when we pray, we're praying to the almighty, powerful mm -hmm. God mm -hmm. who hears us, who rules, who is the king of the world. So we, we ought not put this as a, as a lesser thing. I think that's often what we do. Do you, do you see that? Oh, I do. I actually heard a, a women's ministry leader once say, you know, I'm not gifted in prayer and not really called to pray. And I'm so grateful for my prayer team. And I remember her saying that. And I do think it's often something we neglect. And yet the power that we have in prayer, not just to calm our anxious heart, but to truly intercede for others, but also to turn to worship and prayer. I love doing that, lifting up the names and attributes of God and thanking him and, and reciting the things he's done, how he's been faithful in the past when I feel like I can't see his faithfulness right now. I'll go back and I'll even journal. I love prayer journaling because that keeps my thoughts captive. And in my prayer journal, I'll have requests in there, but I often just, I'll rewrite a Psalm of worship to my God in the morning. Mm. And I love doing that because it turns my heart to him and reminds me who he is, that he is the all powerful God that I worship. Mm, I love that. So as, as I'm thinking about us wrapping up here, and as I'm thinking about your book, The Loudest Roar, you end the loudest word with prayer. And then you're telling us now, hey, everyone pray. And so let's get real specific about some of your, you've talked about praying scripture, you've talked about journaling. So if someone was sitting, they're listening in their car right now, or they're, they're you know, maybe sitting down, what are some of the tips you would give them? Okay, here's how you can apply this, this fight of faith that we've been talking about. Well, I call it the wonder of prayer. I teach on this a lot. And um, I mentioned worship prayer where you pray scripture or just you're in your car and you just lift up his name. I'm going to give a fun, practical way to do that. I call it the alphabet praise. And I've used this for years when I'm not able to fall asleep because I'm anxious. Uh, taught our children this when we be in the car and you go through the alphabet, lifting up the different attributes of God in your prayer. And I have an example of that in my book. So there's worship prayer. I've mentioned word of God prayers where you pray his word. Um, there's some prayers in the Bible that Paul prayed. And you can read his prayers as prayers for your children. I love to pray John 17, the prayer Jesus prayed over his disciples in the upper room. I pray those specific things for my family. 
But then there's also wrestling and weeping prayer, which is prayers of lament that I don't think we talk about enough in, in the body of Christ or in our churches. You know, there we lament, we groan. And David showed us this in the Psalm. In Psalm 13, he keeps saying, how long, Lord? How long? How long? Those groaning prayers, which I've had, and I know your listeners have, and I know you have. And God wants us to come to him with our groaning or wrestling prayers. He wants us to be honest with him. He knows how we're feeling. And that is a beautiful way to just be with him and be honest with him. And then written prayers, journaling prayers, like I mentioned. And so those are some practical ways and, and having a prayer journal if you want. But, you know, you can also whisper a quick prayer. I have a grandmother who raised five boys on a farm. And sometimes she said, Judy, all I could say is, oh, God, keep them when she mm, saw them doing yeah. something dangerous on the farm. <laughs> so you don't have to have these long, eloquent, eloquent prayers either. He just wants to come us to come to him in prayer. It's a wonderful, beautiful gift he's given us that we do often take for granted. Yes. I don't remember who, where I read this, but I think Susanna Wesley used Mm to, um, she would be cooking in and she had a ton of kids (laughs) and she would take (laughs) her apron and just throw it over her head and pray. (laughs) I love love it too. I love it too. We overcomplicate things, don't we? We I love that. Yeah. We want to be prayerful and pray without ceasing, which means sometimes we're whispering prayers, we're praying Mm -hmm. throughout the day and Mm -hmm. we're praying prayers on walks just whenever we don't have to it doesn't have to be formal but however judy i love that you also told us about prayer journals getting out a journal and just writing out prayers and that you write out a psalm of prayer i just Mm -hmm. i love that i love that any last things you want to say no i'm just so grateful to be here and just been praying for the listeners and so grateful we were able to pray for kayla and jenny and um, it's been a sweet time thanks for having me Oh, yeah, it's absolutely been so sweet. Judy and I actually know each other very well. We work together, we're colleagues, and she is a dear friend. And let me tell you guys, she's genuine. She genuinely does what she's saying, which I hope to have every guest who genuinely does what they are saying on this show so that we can be encouraged to take God at his word and live our lives accordingly. I'd like to thank my guest, Judy Dunnigan, for joining me today. Also, thanks to the behind the scenes team at Moody Radio, Karen Hendren, my producer, and my engineer, Bob Moreau, and I believe Anthony was on the phone lines. It may have been Lynn, but we are so grateful for both of you (laughs) to hear today's program again. You'll find it at livingbyfaithradio.org or on the Radio Moody Radio app. You may also connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Trillia Newbell. Living by Faith is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.